0: Before we start this episode, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners on the land on which we're recording this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to their elders, both past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hey, I'm Sam Squires. Welcome to On Her Mind, where we delve deep into the big issues affecting women in sport, providing thoughtful background analysis, insight and opinion. In this episode, we're going to review what has been a massive, it's been incredible and also a progressive year for women in sport. And to do this, I'm pleased to say that I have listener Sydney news editor, Amy
1: Goggins back with me. Thank you for coming back to On Her Mind. So great to be here, Sam. Can't wait to get stuck into it.
0: I know because this has been just such an incredible year. And originally our plan was to do a top five But we had so much debate, we talked Mm. so much about it, feedback, and neither of us could make just a top five because so much has happened this year, didn't really feel fair really, did it, to, to do just a top five? So we are going to reveal our top five and this episode is basically the best of the rest. And I think even in previous years some of this list could have made the top five, mm. uh, but I feel comfortable. It didn't feel right, did it, just making it a top five because there's so much that's happening in 2022 for women in sport.
1: Yeah, you and I, we could not get it down. There is so many amazing <laughs> moments. And yeah, we definitely wanted to include um, some some really stellar performances from from individual and team performances uh, across mm. the, the sport for women. So yeah, incredible. All right, you start us off. All right, here we go. Look, I wanted to start with Lauren Parker. And I know you spoke with Lauren uh, Mm -hmm. a little earlier in the year on the podcast. Just Mm -hmm. a truly inspiring woman. I listened to her story. Um, 33-year-old Aussie. She's returned to the Ironman World Championship in May competing for her first Ironman World Championship as a para-athlete, um, triathlete. Mm. So five years after she got injured while uh, training for an able-bodied Ironman race. So just mm. incredible to be able to, to get back into the sport um, and compete at such a, an elite level. It's it's just mm. inspiring. When she spoke to you, she revealed how she's in pain every single day. She has this mm. chronic debilitating nerve pain every single Mm. day that she deals with. But she gets up, she trains and she competes at such an elite level and wins. It's amazing. Mm. Um, To go back to her story, it was a a routine training ride um, before her first professional Ironman. That changed her life. Her tyres burst um, while she was, you know, going on a ride. She flew off her bike and into a guardrail, and you know that changed her life. And she spoke about having a choice, um, and she chose to continue. And um, she's absolutely dominating. Mm-hmm. And it just—it's a story that really, really touched me. And um, you know, I can't wait to see what she does in the future.
0: She is just incredible. Three world titles um, that she has won now, and and also this year, I think, with the big moment was just recently, really going back to Hawaii and for. You know, Iron Man's Hawaii, the World Championships in Hawaii is just in Kona. That's mm. just like the Mecca for them. Um, that's the the ideal. She competed there um, before her accident as an able-bodied athlete, and and came second. And this was the first time because of COVID, they weren't able to go to Kona, and all this was happening. And so, this was the first time she was able to go to Kona and compete again but this time as a para-athlete and to see her win that was truly inspiring and the video if you go onto Lauren Parker's Instagram of her crossing the line her arms were sore she could hardly get up the finishing ramp to to the finish line Um, the ground was wet as well which made it tougher for the tyres and there was this beautiful moment where because it's all about time like these are the best of the best and athletes just want to get the best time at at Kona Mm. that they can and she was you know trying to push her wheelchair up this steep incline to get to the finish line and and this other athlete saw her behind him held everyone up they stopped so that she could have her moment crossing Incredible. the line he knew how important that was and sacrificed his own time and everyone else's and they all cheered her on I'm getting a little bit emotional yeah, thinking about it because it was yeah. such a really beautiful moment and um yeah you're right that was her whole year has just been exceptional once again so um, and I
1: really urge everyone that's listening you know if you haven't already to go back and listen to that episode that that you recorded Mm. with Lauren Parker it truly was just an incredible insight and I can see how emotional you're getting at the moment Sam just Just, even just reliving it yeah yeah just in in truly inspirational woman um and yeah we can't wait to see you know what's around the corner for her and what she goes on to achieve um because she really is just just a wonder woman so yeah well done yeah. Lauren Parker
0: yeah congratulations lauren you've uh, you've made our list it was yeah truly inspiring I'm going to move on to my um, best of the rest. And in my list, I thought about putting this in my top five. It's not so much a moment, but I feel like there was so much progress made Mm. for pay equality this year across the board for women in sport. Now, I want to say we're not there yet, but important strides were made in a lot of areas and a lot of different sports to getting pay equality. And uh, special mention goes out to the U.S. women's soccer team, Um, they finally won their lawsuit against their Mm. own organisation, U.S. Soccer. They've had this long-standing, very public um, equal pay lawsuit against U.S. Soccer. Um, They actually settled that and finally settled it. It's been going on since 2016. They finally settled it for $24 24 million dollars. Oh. On top of that, they had a new CBA. I'll I'll get to that in a moment. But it was a long-standing lawsuit uh, in the Equal Employment Commission started as I mentioned in 2016. Um and they argue that despite the women's team generating 20 million dollars the year before in 2015, they were paid four times less than what the men's soccer team was. Even though the women were by far the more successful team. Mm. They've won four Olympic gold medals, four World Cups. They are everywhere in the US there are household names in 2019, the Women's World Cup was also the most watched soccer match in US history, and the women's kit was the highest-selling soccer jersey in the US. Um, wow. US soccer were not standing down in this lawsuit. Uh, they try to argue in 2020 that the women's team was paid less because they didn't have the same ability no. as the men in terms of their speed and strength, and this caused a yeah. massive public backlash but also a backlash from the sponsors as well, um, you know, including Coca-Cola. They came out publicly as well um, against U.S. soccer. So it was just an awful display. And I can't tell you just how big the U.S. women's soccer team is in the U.S. and the men's, I mean, the men's team, um, you know, the men's team have failed to to make The past three Olympics um, and don't go very far. They've never won the World Cup. So, and just the fact that these girls have so much publicity in the US and they do, they generate the most money for US Mm. soccer, but were paid so poorly just because they were women. So that was settled for $24 million, which is it's just crazy. Massive
1: when you say that out loud, isn't it? Like they're paid less because they're women.
0: Like when you say and it, it it's, and when they it's generated crazy. so much money, yeah. it didn't make sense all the Doesn't. time like this makes no sense. Mm. I love this. The new CBA also says that the women's team and the men's team will share equally in everything, including prize money. Also, that includes World Cup prize money. Mm which we know is so incredibly unfairly balanced between the men's, the women's FIFA World Cup and the men's FIFA World Cup. But this year, just recently, the men made the round of 16 at uh, the World Cup. That means just for making the round of 16, they got $13 million from FIFA. Now, that has to be split between, equally now because the CBA between the women's team and the men's team, minus 10% for US soccer. That means... They get around $5.8 million, $6 million each, the men and the women. But that is actually for the women around the same amount and slightly more, actually, slightly more than what the two women, the women's team has won for winning the past two mm. FIFA Women's World Cups. So the men, so they take an equal share of the men's round of 16 prize money. Minus 10%. And that is more than they won for winning the World wow. Cup in the past two World Cups in 2015 and 2019. So which is just mind-boggling. Mm. Um, but that, that that was the start because that happened at the start of the year. Um, since then, the Jillaroos and the Kangaroos uh this year, the women's rugby league um team, Australian women's rugby league team, it was announced that they will get equal payments, match payments, pro rata than the Kangaroos for the World Cup that they competed at in the UK. This is the first time that that's occurred. Uh, they're now working at, at their own CBA for next year. There's a great On Her Mind episode with Katie Brown and myself mm. talking about that. Go back and listen to it. On top of that, the AFLW, they had a 94% pay increase across the board, meaning top tier players are now being paid seventy around $72,000 and the minimum wage increase from $20,000 to $39,000 thousand um new zealand cricket they had this landmark pay deal for equal pay for men and women for their match fees across all formats and competitions for the men and women so whether they're playing an international t20 or one day or test they will get paid equally um Sweet. which was a big move for new zealand cricket the retainers though they're they're, they're still fairly imbalanced but new zealand cricket says that's mainly because of the number of matches they play and mm. and everything like that. But that needs to be looked at in future. But big progress there for the match fee payments. And in golf, you know, I'm a keen golfer and heavily involved in Australian golf, but overseas in the, in the US, the LPGA had an incredible increase in the amount of prize money they were offering across the board. And Minji Lee, mm. um, the Aussie golfer, benefited from that uh, because she won a record 2.5 million that's US, uh, that's Australian, 1.8 million US for winning the US Open this year. I mean Minji Lee winning the US Open, that major, her second ever major, should be on that is Huge. part of my best and the rest. I'll yep. just add that one now. <laughs> but the fact that she bought she won a record prize money $2.5 million. And that was the largest payout in women's golf history. Um, and there's even more money on offer in 2023 with the LPGA announcing a record $101 million prize purse on offer on the LPGA tour. So um, yeah, just incredible there. And in Australia with Australian golf, which is how the Australian Open, where the men and women, they also play pay, played for equal prize money um, and also played in the same competition the first time in a national competition in the world that we've seen that. So a world first there for Australian golf. Um, You know, I'm board director of the WPGA, so I'm very proud to be a part of such progression for, for women's golf. But I know that was a long one. I kind of condensed so many, and as I said, we're not there
1: yet with equal pay. But geez, we made some some big strides this yeah, year, and with it's so quality in that thing So great to hear that progress, you know, is being made. Mm. And I'd like to think that you know, in a couple of years' time, you know, someone might stumble across this podcast and be like, "Gosh, why were they even talking about that? Why was that even <laughs> yes. a thing?" You know, that we've moved on. You know, by then so much. I so hope so. Um, yeah, as you said, we made some progress, but still a little bit of a bit of way to go. Um yes. moving along, I, I want to talk, and th- you and I have both sort of going to tee these ones up here, but I want to talk about Emma McKeon, mm. most successful Commonwealth Games <laughs> athlete. It, it, just yep. an incredible feat. Um, she became the greatest Commonwealth Games athlete of all time after claiming her 11th gold. Like, that's just incredible. Mm, um, isn't it? She beat the previous record um, that was 10 gold, you know, nothing to be to sneeze at either. That was achieved <laughs> by um, swimmers Susie O'Neill, Ian Thorpe and Liesl Jones but just a, an incredible feat. Um, I feel like Emma does it with such grace, such dignity. She just sort of goes out Humility. there. Yeah, she just goes oh. out and just does her thing. And mm. I, I don't even want to bring up this moment because I mm. feel like it, it shouldn't be a thing. But I feel like it just really speaks to Emma's character and determination. The, during the Commonwealth Games with this whole love triangle, Mm. Cody Simpson Kyle Chalmers the media attention that was on her during that time was unbelievable it was huge and she just swept it aside it didn't even touch the surface for her and she's gone out and achieved this record um record goal and I just think it really is testament to who she is Mm. she goes in Mm. and just gets the job done and just what a superstar yeah and it's not yeah, over absolutely. like you know she's she's still going no, like it's just she's only it's amazing isn't she oh that's well. so young so yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> i know isn't it it definitely is and women's i mean we're all redefining age in mm. in sport at the moment as well so um yeah she's got a beautiful family she comes from down where i am in in wollongong and yeah ron and her whole family are just beautiful people um as well and that shows i think in yeah. in her character and her hum- humility and the fact that didn't she um like she took a break after tokyo because obviously mm. she became our most successful yeah. olympian after the tokyo games and then she took a break she didn't compete in the world championship so um, i mean, the commonwealth games that was the first time that she had competed all year but yeah didn't didn't really affect her, that Absolutely lack of not. Um, match racing. Yeah. Um, it's just incredible. of defeat. it. So, yeah. yeah. And it did, that was one, right? That was one that we didn't have in our top five but didn't feel right when you make such a big record. Talking about the Commonwealth Games, um, Emma's moments were great, but for me, oh, my gosh, I couldn't go past this woman, mm. Shana Jack, mm. and she makes my list. And this was one of the stories of the year, I thought, because she fought an incredible battle to clear her name. was successful in the court of arbitration of sport she was originally given a four-year ban and if you haven't gone back please go back and listen to the podcast that I did with Shana she only did a few at the time and you know we were lucky enough and I feel really grateful and honoured that I was she felt comfortable in being able to share her story so openly with me go back and listen to it because it's something it has a lot of details that the media don't talk about so much I used to rewrite well I always rewrite scripts at at Fox when they say you know she's been banned after you know serving her band she didn't really serve a band because she fought the system um, and the doping organisations in the Court of arbitra- Arbitration for Sport and she won. Mm. So it's not fair to say that she served a band because by the time that she got the decision overturned, she'd already been out of the sport for two years and they said that's enough, you can return to swimming. But the fact that she had to have so much strength, so much determination um, and she had to be so strong of character yeah. to go through the public um roasting that she received because they just didn't understand what was going on and the media interest and um spotlight on her and she was only young when she went through this you know I just think she is one of the fiercest females I have ever met because Mm -hmm. and to such a young age to be so fiercely determined to clear her name and and get back to swimming in her early 20s just incredible Yeah, yeah she's Amazing. So, she um, she had that ban overturned in the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Um, took two years to get her day in court. She had overwhelming evidence and support. Go back to the podcast, have a listen. Um, even the judge s- commented on her character and credibility in in that um, in that trial. What well, I went not trial, but in when the issue was taken to the Court of Arbitration mm. for Sport. So, th- for the judge to do that was just incredibly. So she. Um, was able to have that overturned. She swam at the swimming trials and made the Australian team for the World Championships, which is incredible. She heads over to the World Championships, which is before the Commonwealth Games. She wins gold in the relay, which is awesome, ready to do her individual events. But then this freak accident, unbelievable, Mm -hmm. saw her injure her finger in the warm-up. She's in the warm-up pool. There was a swimmer next to her who did a tumble turn. Her finger got caught in the swimmer's, suit and as she did the tumble turn like basically turned a finger the Mm. other way and this freak accident so she had to pull out for the rest of the world champs fly back to australia have emergency surgery and then started the process of being able to she didn't she only had weeks to be able to build up the strength in her hand to be able to compete at the commonwealth games she was there at the commonwealth games she won gold in the relay she won silver in the 100 meter freestyle and she also won bronze in the 50 meter free just incredible to take those results after everything she's Mm. been through. And also that freak accident, she didn't have much time to prepare. So um, look out Paris 2024, because there's something truly remarkable
1: about the woman that is Shana Jack. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. I mean, the strength that it takes to come back again Mm. and again at such a young age when it would be so easy to be like, all right, that's done, that chapter's closed, I'll move on to something else. To have that yeah. determination, I, I think that's such an in- incredible attribute. Mm. So yeah, again, yeah. can't wait to see what what she does. Um, yep. Moving to the Jillaroos World Champions Yay! again. <laughs> I love this story. I'm sure there's
0: people going, how does this not make your top
1: five? I but know. will have to find out about the top five. Oh, gosh, we struggled. Mm. <laughs> so our <laughs> Aussie Women's Rugby League side, look, they they continue to dominate. They are just absolute mm-hmm. superstars on the world stage. The Jillaroos taking out their third consecutive mm. Women's World Cup title in style. It was a huge victory, 54-4 over New Zealand mm. um, in November. Look, I mean, that's such a massive victory over New Zealand, who is yeah. such an incredible side as well. Um, and, yeah, to put their dominance into perspective, they've extended their winning streak to 16 consecutive international victories as well. So that is that is a huge mm. achievement. Um, veteran halfback and co-captain Ali Briginshaw. she dominated, she was named player of the match. Um, and it's just incredible to see our women dominating Mm -hmm. in a sport um, that, you know, has so much for a long period of time in Australia been dominated by men, but our women Mm -hmm. are now leading the charge and just showing how it's done and how to get the job done. It's it's incredible. I love it. Love to see it.
0: And shows the strength of the NRLW competition Mm -hmm. as well um, given that I, I, you know, Brad Donald is the coach of the Jewellery's and throughout the season I was just saying to him, like, I don't know how you are going to choose this team because so many new talent has come into the competition and they're just exceptional. But you have the veterans. You mentioned Ali Brigginshaw with a performance Mm. in the grand final. Sammy Bremner, for me, being a mum of two, um, when she had a second child, people kind of kept referring to her as a former Jillaroo. And she was like, why? I just had a child. Why am I a former Jillaroo? So Lakey, her little girl, wasn't even one and had a birthday when she was overseas. Um, And, you know, she came back and just playing better football Mm. after two kids than she's ever played in her life. She just played... The tournament of her life, and I just found that truly inspirational. So, uh, yeah, the tournament, the NRLW is growing in twenty twenty three as well. So, I think, yeah, the jewelries will benefit on top of that, and the rest of the world is is playing playing catch up. So, yeah, I, I just an incredible tournament. You're right. So true. That.
1: All right, all right. Moving on. My um, uh, this will be
0: the last of our best of the rest, mm. and also another one didn't make the top five. But you can't talk down. about the big moments of twenty twenty two and not talk about Steph Gilmore winning a record eighth world title. Um, she now has one more than Lane Beachley, um, who has seven. So the two of them mm. since twenty eighteen have been tied on on seven world titles, and to beat. You know, her idol yeah. and, and her mentor, um, Lane Beachley to to win eight. And I think ever since Steph kind of burst onto the scene, you know, everyone's been talking about her in Lane Beachley in terms of will she be the one to to crack the record? And I think deep down everyone knew that Steph would eventually get there, but she's had to overcome a lot to to get there. Um, but just absolutely incredible. And this final, she beat well, it's her long-term rival and their friends as well. But it's always been Carissa Moore from Hawaii, and also, Steph who have dominated the women's competition. Um, and they've always been been rivals in this, although Tyler Wright's always there, so um as well. Watch out for Tyler in 2023. But let's go back to Steph. <laughs> um, I get carried away, don't I? I um yeah, so to the fact that it was against Carissa Moore in the final, they were in this new format. It's only been, I think, the past two years that we've had this new finals format mm. for the WSL. So Steph finished fifth, and it's the top five compete. So she had to win five straight heats and in order to take that title she had to win three in order to have her her chance at beating Carissa people said it was the Everest like from fifth place you can't win the world title she was written off um, by a few people but Steph just kept getting better and better every single heat and then yeah she took it in two heats in in the final because the final against Carissa was then best of three so she took it in in two to uh to have eight and and to now be. The greatest of of all time for Australian surfing, um, but I think goat. I think we can have goats because I still feel like Lane still. Yeah. I still feel like she's the yeah. greatest of all time because of you know she was the one that she had to overcome so much adversity mm. to you know to really lay the platform where generations. Um, that came after her were able to have that platform to be able to achieve and and Lane really did that but I just think we've got two incredible goats in Australian surfing and a huge congratulations to Steph Gilmore for winning her eighth world title and yeah I don't think that won't be her. Last, and that's it that's for sure not over yeah. yet
1: so we cannot Watch wait to out. see what next year brings how many can she rack up <laughs> only time will that's tell it. incredible well, kelly slater's got 11 mm. so no pressure staff she's coming for really... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it yeah well that now concludes our best of the rest amy um it was really hard wasn't it to be able to fit all those moments into just five so it didn't really seem f- no nah, i'll do that again well, that concludes now our best of the rest. And you're probably thinking back going, okay, well, if there's a top five there, what else happened in 2022 that could have made Sam and Amy's top five? Well, a lot happened in 2022, mm-hmm. hence why we split this into two podcasts. Uh, next week, December 30, we are going to be revealing our top five moments for women in sport and what a year it's been. So thanks for joining me for this episode, Amy, and I'll catch you next week for our top five.